morning, everybody. <laughs> this is a, a, a different uh, episode for us because we're recording in the morning time. Which is crazy. It's crazy. If you know us. And uh, yeah, we're not morning people. No. And our day is so busy. That, that we're we're gonna do a truncated. We're gonna get. We're gonna eat. We're gonna talk. We're gonna go fast at the same time. It's gonna uh, be nuts. Welcome everyone. This is Tara and Tacos. I'm Christy. I'm Michael. And I'm eating a potato and egg breakfast taco from where? Uh, La Banqueta. Mm. Tacos La Banqueta. Yeah, and I'm oh having a, ch- a chorizo and egg. Um, we figured. I mean, we're doing the morning. We should do. I don't think we've ever really done breakfast tacos. Mm-mm. Uh, and Tacos La Banqueta, which we have talked about before, mm-hmm. is the shit. So. It's so good. Oh, my gosh. I don't think I've... You know, everybody has their version of um, potato and egg breakfast taco. Yeah, it's kind of a classic, it's right? It's a classic breakfast taco, papas con huevo. And some people dice their potatoes. Some people throw tater tots in there. Uh, this is the first time I've ever seen uh, papas con huevo where it's just straight up egg and french fries. I'm not against it. Um, cool. Oh, I man. love it. Fuck, this chorizo is for real. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, hey. Oh, so, yeah. We're going to jump in. So we had a few weeks there where everything we talked about, we fucking hated. We hated. And now people are like, you guys hate everything. You guys hate everything. We don't hate everything. Mm-hmm. We just hate the bad shit. Thank you. Yeah. Which you're supposed to, right? You're supposed to. Like, why would, why would you settle for mediocrity? I don't know. Like, why do people go see a movie and go like, well, that was... I'll tell you why. It's because they pay for it. Yeah. They pay for it. And so they pay for the privilege of fooling themselves into thinking that they're watching something good. You don't want to you don't want to feel like you spent like money you, yeah, and like time, you wasted on a time piece of or whatever. Shit. But you know, you also paid for the privilege of going that was shit. Yeah, definitely. It's okay not to like things. It, it is. And I heard I heard uh, Lust for Life by Iggy Pop on the way over here mm-hmm. and it just pissed me off about Man. the dead don't die even more. Man. I was like you squandered Iggy Pop. You squandered Iggy Pop and he already looks like a zombie. Yeah. Man. Um, so, but today we're like, we'll talk about stuff we like. Yeah. So and we decided we would talk about sequels mm-hmm. that we like better than yeah. the original. Yes. Right? Yeah. Um, or at least feel like As they're in much. the same league. Yeah. Yeah. This was not, I wasn't super difficult, but it was difficult it for is, me. It's a little difficult. On principle... I don't like sequels mm-hmm. unless you're The Godfather or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, I wrote that, like, The Godfather 2, which is, I still think, debatable. Like, Better my mom. Than the first one? Yeah, I know my, like, in my family, we're split even. My mom and my brother like part two better. My dad and I like part one better. Um, you know. I said Empire Strikes Back, but that doesn't even really count. It's part of a trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, like, it's I mean, tough. I'm, I go back and forth on the Godfathers. Like, there, I'll have like periods of time, like years, where I'm like, two is better, two mm-hmm. is better, and then I'll sit and watch one. And I'm like, fuck. Yeah, one is like the greatest movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so good. I think it's why. We, I think it's why sometimes you they you you want to combine the De Niro section of two. Mm-hmm. With the Michael section of one, that to me that would be the best. Yeah, because I like Michael's story in one better than two. But the fucking early Vito stuff is just oh, it's oh, so man. good. Robert De Niro just fucking yeah. rushes it, and it speaks to my Italian heart. <clears throat> um, so good. But what did you what did you come up with? So we each chose three. Yeah. Right. Um, do you want to just take turns? Mm-hmm. So my first one is um, the the sequel that I actually like better. Than the first one is Aliens. Nice. 
Um, and, and not that I don't like the first one. No. I love the first one, so that's saying a lot. I mean, it's Ridley Scott. Yeah. And it's gritty and beautiful and... And this is why a lot of people are like, well, is Aliens a horror movie? And I'm like, yes, Aliens is a horror movie. It is sci-fi horror. At, at times, terrifying. Terrifying. One of the most... I, I might have... Sorry, jump in. No, go ahead. First movie I ever... It's the first rated R movie I ever saw in a movie theater. Uh-huh. Um, I sneaked in with my brother. Uh Terrified. I mean, absolutely terrified yeah. at parts of that movie. Yeah, and it's beautifully done. Like I said, it's Ridley Scott, so you know you're going to see a great movie. Um, but Aliens yeah. is so beautiful. Yes. I mean, not only is it beautiful to look at, you get more aliens. <laughs> and then you, so ju- many you more aliens. just can't beat that final battle with the queen. Man, I... You know... And even, yeah, and that's Aliens is the movie I sneaked into. Um, man, the scene where they're, where they're the, with the little sound and they're tracking them mm-hmm. and they can't figure out and fucking Bill Paxton, R.I.P., is like, they're fucking in the room, man, yeah. you know, and they can't see him. They come yeah. through the, oh, my God, terrifying. Yeah, and Michael Bean is um, so good. I you love know, that, we, dude. We were having a conversation about... Why Michael Bean? I mean, he's had a legit career. Mm-hmm. No lie. He's played Johnny Ringo. He, oh, yeah. He played, uh, what is it? It's Hudson. Uh, Hicks, he's Hicks. Hicks in Aliens. Reese in Terminator. Reese in, yeah, I mean, he's incredible. And we were wondering why he just didn't have, like, a bigger leading I man. I don't know. I don't know. Because he's, he's super good. handsome. Oh, my God, he's super handsome. Um, and definitely the guy that I would be attracted to if I were in a horror sci-fi movie. Um, yeah, so Aliens is my first one. I just think it's so elegant, such a beautiful story. Uh, James Cameron had trouble gaining the trust of the crew because most of them had worked with, with Ridley, Ridley Scott, Scott on the first one. And in order to gain their trust and to know, in order to like say, hey, I know what I'm doing, he arranged for a screening of Terminator. Oh, cool. And invited everybody like as a party, and, and most of them blew him off and didn't show up. Oh my God! Yeah, but then he turned out aliens, and he became James. And he Cameron. became James Cameron. So fuck all y'all. Yeah, uh, British crew. Yeah, man. Didn't believe in James Cameron. My first cat. Uh, I mean, I got my first cat later in life, like right after college. My first cat was named Newt. because um, she mostly came out at night. She's so good too. That yeah, that, that, that little girl. That little girl was great. Yeah, it's just elegantly told. It's beautiful to look at. The way he builds tension is really gorgeous. It's really well acted. And there's more aliens. And the design of them. Oh, my God. I think we've said this before on this podcast. It's like Sam Winston at his absolute best. Yeah. I mean. Incredible. And they've never matched it with all the the sequels And she got nominated for an Academy Award. Sigourney Weaver did? Yeah. It's the first person who ever get nominated for a Best Actor Award for a horror sci-fi That's movie. Earned, and, and man. earned, because yeah. she is phenomenal in it. And she, you know, I mean, that character changed Final Girls. Absolutely. Ever. I mean, she became the fucking badass. Mm-hmm. Like, you couldn't go back. We couldn't go back after Sigourney Weaver no. as Ripley to some Final Girl that was really wimpy. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's like a damsel in distress or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Awesome. I love Aliens. What's your first one? Well, I have talked about this before. So the one I picked that I actually do like better than the first one, mm-hmm. my other two are like, 
I love them. Mm-hmm. We'll get to it, but uh, I've talked about it before a bunch on here, um, but I'm going to talk about it again briefly. Uh, is Insidious Part 2. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, and I maybe podcast land knows, I'm oddly obsessed with the Insidious series. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first two, James Wan did, yeah. and then he left and fell apart. <laughs> Man. That's what James Wan does, dog. He just like rolls. He just in. creates this amazing shit, and then and then it gets out. Mm-hmm. Um, two, I don't know, man. It was cool. Uh, the The original main cast came back, which is Patrick Wilson and Rose Byrne. And I can't believe I'm forgetting the name of the older woman who becomes the star of the series. But everyone came back. Same writer, mm-hmm. James Wan. Her came name back. is Lynn Shay. Lynn Shay. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, and Insidious 2 starts to, like, fuck with time in a really weird way. Uh, but it has those things that I love about James Wan. Just the kind of, like, old school scares. Yeah. Um, one of the best, one of my favorite moments, and I think probably why I really like this one, is there's the the two little boys, uh, Patrick Wilson and Rose Burns' kids, go to stay at Patrick Wilson's mom's house, Barbara Hershey. Right. Um, and they find their dad's old, like, toys. And one of them is, like, the two cups on a string. Yeah. And and the little boy, they're sharing a room, and one of the little boys is whispering, and he thinks the other boy is whispering back. And then it's just a pan up, and you see that the other little boy is asleep. Oh, my God. And it's God. fucking scary as shit. Yeah, it's so scary. This is the one, now correct me if I'm wrong, because I like Insidious and Insidious 2. Um, and I do actually like Insidious 2 better. But this is the one where Patrick Wilson, it's that famous scene where he's talking to his mom at the dining table. And then they're cutting back and forth. And then it cuts to him and the demon is just standing yeah. right behind him. God damn it. That scene fucking scares yeah. the shit out of me every, every time. time. And that the, the design of that demon is so simple. That Yes. It's so simple and fucking off-putting. Yeah. And I think that is why I consistently like James Wan's work mm-hmm. in horror. I still haven't seen Aquaman because I just can't. But um, because he does that. Mm-hmm. It's even in The Conjuring, the lady on the thing. Yeah. It's this simple design, real people. I Yeah. I, I don't know. I love Insidious, too. I yeah. just love it. It's so good. <laughs> go go watch it. It is really, really, really yeah, scary. Yeah, and the first one's I good. Think that, like, yeah, the first one's good. And I think the further we get down the road in the Insidious universe, it just goes off yeah. the rails. And it's, I think, because he... But that's what happens. Yeah. It happens to a lot of franchises. It happens to a lot of franchises. And I also think, clearly, when he leaves, it just stops being the thing. And that, I think, to me, that proves that... You can't, not just anybody can make a horror movie. You right, know? You, right. You've got to really, really understand the rules of horror movie making, and you've got to, I don't know, just have a love for it. Yeah, or, and an understanding of what is of actually what, scary. Yeah, yeah. But, um, yeah, so Insidious 2, I've talked about it a lot. That is the one I think is actually better than its predecessor. Um, my second one, if you feel like we're rushing today, it's because we are. We are. We have um, like nine meetings. Right. Um, but we're still committed. But we're still committed because we're never going to let you go without us yeah. for more than I mean, a I week. woke up at eight something. That That's, doesn't that even... That says a lot about Michael. That says a lot yeah. about Michael. That's how okay? much I care. Yeah, I got up and cleaned people. my house, y'all. And I'm in a show. I yeah. never clean my house during the show. You didn't stop working until like 11 last That's night. That's right. It's true. 
Um, so anyway, my second one is Ouija, Origin of Evil. Dude, legit. So Mike Flanagan. Mike Flanagan. This is another one I'm telling you. Yes. And I mean, I like the first one. The first one's okay. The first one is your like, um, you know, typical teens getting yeah, together. Yeah. We're going to get scared in the house. We're going to get scared in the house. And it does start out with, you know, a teen uh, dying and everybody, all the friends having to deal with the teenager and whatever and, and typically it's a Ouija board they think they're talking to the teen whatever whatever and they just come it's good it's 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 sort of pain by numbers yeah, but it's got some good scares it's got some good scares and that was directed by someone's name like Styles White it's great it's a I hell mean, of a name it, I know wow. it's, it's fine <laughs> it's a fine movie Mike Flanagan directs Origin of Evil and he just takes it to a whole other level yeah. it's it's again beautiful to look at I like things that are beautiful to look at even when the subject matter is crazy um, so stylish it's a period piece and and it takes the tiny story the tiny story that we hear at the end of Ouija uh-huh. about like the origin yeah. of evil yeah. um, and who's actually behind the witch board you know talking yeah. and it kind of like really fleshes it out yeah. and it's not it's not shitty or corny or anything no it's really lovely it's really good and it's I lo- it's in the 70s right 60s 60s so it's a nice period piece I also love and this is just something I guess we've discovered having watched a lot of Mike Flanagan's work is that he go consistently uses the same people right and this has Henry Thomas right who pops up in um uh, Haunting of Hills. Haunting of Hills. And the main woman is... Is is the mom. Is the mom and yeah. then the little girl. And the girl. children, yeah. And then the, the teenager is in Oculus. Right. Yeah. And uh, it's just... Yeah, I think it's great. It's so great. It, and it's... You care about the people, which yeah. is something that you and I keep talking about over and over again. That you... I mean, you can have a bunch of jump scares and you can have like a creature that's, I don't know, complicated and... and whatever but if you don't care about the characters right and this really delves into like this family this mother and her two daughters and she is a fortune teller and it's a scam yeah which I love I love that it starts there they're running a scam and the father just died. He's well. I don't know if he just died, but he died. And so they're trying. They're struggling. They're struggling in the sixties. Where there was no resources for single mothers. The two girls go to Catholic school. Mm-hmm. So there's like, you know, a complication of belief system right there. Yeah. Um, there's even like even Henry Thomas, as the priest, you can has that moment of like. Um, I mean, he's like a handsome, youngish priest. Yeah. And he has that moment of like, man, if I had in gone, another, if I, in another life. In another life, you and I could have been yeah, together. But, you know, there is definite sexual tension yeah. between the mom and, and, and the Henry Thomas but character. But he sort of just does his best to take, to help them yeah. instead because yeah. he's, you know, and the, a man of the cloth. The scares are great. Like, yeah. and, and again, super simple. Yep. Uh, just kind of like cut away, cut back. Mm-hmm. Ghoul in in the background. In the background, and, um, and the, the little girl is an inc- little girl's incredible. She's crushing it, man. She's so good. And that they're just like, even the story of it is just kind of disturbing in its own right. Way, you know, yeah. It's it's the the just the production design, everything. Yeah. everything is is so beautiful. Like he took the first one and took 
the second one and, and took it to the next level. It's a much better film. It's a much better film. I mean, like, the, to me, there's no comparison. Yeah, I think, like, we to me, Ouija is, like, teen, teen uh-huh. haunty movie. Yeah. And then this one is actually a film film. Yeah. Like, it's is, almost like he's practicing for haunting of I think Hill so. House. I think so. Yeah. And, and it's really great. The it's like scene. when you watch, to me, it's like when you watch, you watch Unforgiven, right? Yes. And then you go back and you watch early Clint Eastwood movies and you go, oh. He's practicing. It's like his whole <laughs> life. He's been practicing for Unforgiven. For Unforgiven, yeah. And it's kind of like when you watch Haunting of Hill House and you go back and watch Ouija, Origin of Evil, you're like, yeah. he already knew At that where o- he was I think going. that in Oculus, you, yeah. can, you can absolutely like see he's it. He's playing around with time and uh-huh. he's playing around with perception yeah. so that he can go on and do this other amazing, amazing thing. thing. I'm excited to see what he does with uh, Dr. Sleep. Oh yeah. The uh how the I didn't know he was doing that. Yeah, man. Oh, I'm so fucking excited. Yeah, Finally. The shining sequel, which I'm excited about. Um should I go on? Yeah, your second one. My second one, which I will preface I do not think is better than the original, but, but I think it was shockingly good. You're breaking the rule. I know. Um it was just so hard. Uh was shockingly good. Um and especially for a sequel so far down the line, uh-huh. is Scream 4. Oh, I agree. Um, and, and I, you know, to me, nothing is be- almost nothing is better than the original Scream, so that's like an impossibility. It was very difficult. I talked to John about this last night. Um, but I love Scream 4. It's so good. And it, so we're like, Scream, obviously... I mean, if you haven't seen Scream, how... I don't know what you're doing yeah, clearly, to this podcast. How are we friends with yeah, these, I know. these people? Golly. Um, if Scream, you know, sort of breaks down the rules of the horror movie, the slasher movie, right? Right. Scream 4 comes out in 2011. Craven directs. It uh-huh. had to be one of his last. It had um, to be. And Kevin Williamson writes again. Mm-hmm. And it breaks down. It becomes sort of the play on on the reboot because this is when I'm sure Wes Craven looks around and is like, they're doing Nightmare on Elm Street again, which I'm sure he got paid for. Sure, but they're like rebooting Elm Street. They've rebooted Friday the Thirteenth. Rob Zombie is quote rebooted Halloween, and he's like, okay. And so this becomes a setup for. A reboot of Scream. Sydney, who's Nev Campbell, comes back, but now she's in her late 30s. Yeah. Um, and you have a new group of kids, including her very young cousin. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, not very, but she's 18. Yeah. Significantly younger cousin. Right. And so it's clearly set up as this is our handing off of the from the originals, and these kids are going to take over. Right. And in pure Scream fashion... It is, I don't want to give anything away, but like it does not unfold in the way that a typical reboot right. would. You think um, um, it's it's so it's good. So good. And clearly Wes Craven, unlike James Wan, mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it, cares about the, the properties that <laughs> yeah. he has created. Yeah, especially I think when they have been taken from him. Right. Um, it's like with what he did with New Nightmare mm-hmm. to me is the ultimate like god damn it right um, that was another one where I was like I don't know I mean it's really good but I don't know if I like it more it, I know and and it's it's really hard yeah but, but I thought Scream 4 is funny it's scary I don't think anything matches the um, Drew Barrymore murder in the first right. one I don't know how you can at this point. But they do the double the, thing. Yeah, and so he that's the thing. He even plays with 
your expectation of what the opening kill is going to be. Right. Because you see it and you're like, really? And then you realize you just got fucking punked. Right. Um, and I, I loved it. And I also thought, I know, um, you know, we talk about Laurie Strode. We talk about Ripley, obviously. Uh, I think Sydney belongs oh my God. on that list. Oh, absolutely. And I think she's an... Uh, in this this movie, that even comes to fruition because not obviously she's not as old as Jamie Lee Curtis, right? But you have her like she's a very she's different, an adult, yeah, and, yeah, and has is scarred by mm-hmm. the thing that has happened and is the only one who understands how to survive, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I absolutely I loved it. And Did, what's what's that line that she has in Scream Four where she's like. Uh, there's nothing like the original. Yeah, don't fuck with the original. Don't fuck with the original. Yeah. And it was also, and this is me being a dick, it was also, you have a, a, a very old, I mean, Craven was towards the end of his life. He wasn't actually very old, but like you have a baby, clear, just like baby boomer filmmaker uh-huh. and a just straight up Gen X writer. And ultimately at the end are just like, hey, you know what? Fuck you. You don't quite <laughs> know as much as you think. Right. And we can actually still do this really well. Yeah, like better. We're, we're, yeah. Like, we're not dead quite yet. Right. Kids. Right. Um, so, you know, that makes me happy. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, Scream Force my second. Fantastic. My, okay, so my third one, you know, I think you and I have had this conversation before. It's not terrible. Don't hate me. You're going to hate me. Whatever. But fuck these people. Fuck these people. <laughs> we're, I mean, we're not super fans of the Friday the 13th. We are not. It's, I mean, let's, people, let's just say No, you got to look inside. You got to look inside. <laughs> you just got to admit it to yourself. I'm sorry, Silas, my daughter's boyfriend who loves the Friday the 13th franchise, and I'm glad that he loves it so much. But Friday the 13th is not not a good movie. Like, to me, the the, the best thing about Friday the 13th is Betsy Palmer. Oh, yeah. They were making love. We quote her weekly. 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 Um, (laughs) So, but... Admittedly, it is a movie that kind of set up the rules of teen slashers. It is super important in the canon of teen slasher movies. So I give it that. And the other thing that I love about it was that clearly Sean Cunningham and his crew were having such a good time making that movie. And I think that's I think that's why movies succeed or not. I think when someone like really loves on something, yeah, everybody else loves. I think it it comes through, and I think the same is like. Even if it's not a great movie, and I would say the same for a play, like even if you go see a play that's not great, but you can tell everyone is like fully invested and, and having, having fun. fun. So the audience has fun too. Yeah. And I I actually think that Friday the thirteenth part two mm-hmm. is better than I than, completely than one. agree. And one, I think it's maybe maybe it was because it was low budget and they were just like, We're gonna make this movie in twenty eight days or like whatever. And so they, but then Friday Thirteenth blew up, and they yeah. had, and they had more money. Now Sean Cunningham doesn't direct right. the second one, but the second one is much better shot. Yeah, um, you have a very clear villain. I mean, this is you when you finally super, meet Jason, and he doesn't don the mask. Yeah, yet. not until three. Right. There's more. This is going to sound terrible, but it's true. There's more like uh, leaning into these new rules of the teen slasher. Uh-huh. So there's more like. Not good behavior by the teens, and that's what they that's have to what pay gets them, for. Yeah, um, we have 
uh, there's that great little thing that our our what's her name? I can't remember the name of the of the protagonist, but um, she she when we get to the end of the movie, she puts on Betsy Palmer's uh, Mrs. Voorhees sweater, yeah. and talks to Jason like. And that's really clever. Yeah. It's super clever with her head. Yeah. With Betsy Palmer's head. Which behind is kinda her. fucked up. Yeah. And it's 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 just early enough that we don't we don't see Jason in the hockey mask right. yet. Yeah, he doesn't put it on until three. Um, like So there is a part in two where the guy in the wheelchair, there's a guy in the wheelchair. <laughs> we kept making bad jokes last night. But it was kinda like, hey, does everything work? The, when the girl asks oh, him, is yeah. everything okay? Oh, my God, yeah. And I he's like, about that. I do all right. And I'm like, surely, maybe you've noticed that I'm paralyzed from the waist down. <laughs> my penis doesn't work. Anyway, whatever. It does, clearly. Yes. Um, but there's a lot more like running through the forest in underwear and, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, and, and they're playing a little hockey. I, I'm trying to figure out. I guess I have to go watch three because it's been so long I can't remember why he dons the hockey mask. But in two, they're playing, playing a hockey, hockey video game. In th- in three, it's not even really as monumental as you might think. Like, he, he has the sort of burlap sack right. still, and something happens, and he comes into, like, a farmhouse, essentially, mm-hmm. and finds the mask and the machete. Um, and it's in th- originally was in 3D, but yeah... Um, I mean, the kills in two are really great. Yeah. The first one where it's the original girl and she's walking around the house. And within that first one pre-credit, you know, thing, there's a few little jump scares. And and you can see them, like I said, leaning into the the style. And it says that as much as I love Betsy Palmer and they were making love, Uh it does say something about having a slasher movie with a very clear... You know, the Halloween works because of Michael Myers. I mean, Laurie right. Strode is incredible, but Halloween works because of, of the thing that Michael Myers is, right? This, machine. this unstoppable thing. Uh-huh. Um, and you now have Jason Voorhees. Uh, right. This un- I mean, truly, like, unstoppable. He'll go to Manhattan and He'll space. He'll go to Manhattan. He'll go to space. He'll do it all. He'll, like, fight Predator. Has that happened yet? That needs to. That needs he to He does happen, fight Freddy. Oh, oh, well, there you God, go. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, my God. Um, but that's funny, because I had, uh, I, when I was making my list and, like, sort of winnowing it down, I have two and three on my list for Friday yeah. the 13th. Um, and yeah, it's 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 much it's a much. You don't have film. a random like what seems like a twenty minute monologue of a girl talking in the mirror about nothing, right? Like, <laughs> right. You don't have like weird teenagers quoting Shakespeare. Yes. Yeah. Fifties <laughs> sing, uh, singing yeah. like old songs. It's it's much. I'm not gonna say it's superiorly acted, but it's much better acted. Other than Kevin Bacon. Other than Kevin Bacon. Yeah. And they clearly they had more money. Yeah. Um, which doesn't make a difference, but in this it does. I think it does, yeah. Um, and it's paced better. It's pa- absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I think it's a, it's a better movie, and and again, it's one. It's not a movie that you have to like super sit down and pay attention to. You know what's going to happen. It's a good movie to watch with your friends and have pizza and 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 make fun and and also be scared because there are some good jump scares. Yeah, in it definitely. Um, yeah, that's my third one. Cool. Um, my third one, uh, I will preface with saying, I do not believe is a better made film, but it was more important to me. Uh-huh. And that is Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors. Oh, wow. Because Nightmare on Elm Street 3 Dream Warriors, 
the original is one of now one of my yeah. favorite movies I of all time. I was going to say, like, I don't know if it's better. No, no, no. But it is. it had a much greater impact earlier why on do me. You th- why is that? Because I, it's the first one I saw right after it came out. And there is this... Like weird, in the theater? Uh, I saw it on VHS, like, right uh-huh. after. I was tw- 11 when part three came out. And so I saw it when I was probably 12 when it came out on VHS. And so uh, I even wrote this down. Like, years ago, I went to a writing conference, and they were talking about writing for teens. Uh-huh. And they actually said, like, um, what you might not realize, a lot of times if you're writing teenagers, your, your audience is actually a few years younger yeah. than your protagonist. Right. And so I saw this when I was 12. It's about high schoolers. I had seen part one and really liked it. But again, I think I was 10 when I saw part right. one. Right. So it's I like... I like, couldn't fully fucking realize what right. Craven was doing. But when I saw three, I was like the perfect age because I was 12. It's about these high school kids. And at 12, you're kind of looking into that future yeah. for yourself. And you still That's think... That's about as far as you can, can see. see. And you still think high school is this Hollywood version of high yeah. school. But by the time you get to high school, you're like, fuck yeah, this that, is bullshit. Dude. This, this is, is total yeah. bullshit. So I was just like, Dream Warriors just hit me on a level. It came out in 87. Man, it had a fucking Dawkins theme song. <laughs> it was like, Dream Dockin'. Warriors. It was like playing all that. It brought Nancy back. Uh-huh. Um, it brought John Saxon back. Right. Because uh, 2 is a just a fucking mess of a movie, Freddy's Revenge. Or, yeah, Freddy's Revenge. Um, but so 3 was really like one of the first horror movies that I was like, fuck yeah, this is... I could be those kids. You know, I think you're you're right on the money about that. My, the the nightmare movies. Freddie was was or still is. I don't know. Was one of my daughter's like most favorite horror uh-huh. movie villains. But it was around that time. It was around the time when she was like 12, twelve, thirteen, like still not quite. Yeah, uh, and I think that's I. I don't know what it. And I think it does kind of go back to that like. When you're in high school, watching high schoolers on TV, you're like, this is stupid. This is not, right. this high is school not is how nothing it is. like this. Right. It's, Nobody talks like that. Right. It's like if you, I was in, I, I, this is so ridiculous. I'm a year behind the 90210 kids. Mm-hmm. Like 90210 was a year, they were a year ahead of me in school. Right. And I remember that when they did the first year and they were freshmen, I was like, whoa, crazy. And then I got to high school, I was like, what the fuck, man? Yeah. This, there's nothing like this. Yeah. <laughs> and so I think being 12, when I saw G- Dream Warriors, um, uh, it just it just really tapped. And honestly, it's not as dark as part one. Mm-hmm. And I think, and again, part one is one of my favorite movies of all time. But at the time when I saw it, I, I, I don't think I fully understood what part one was. Right. Like, it just wasn't smart enough or mature enough. Right. And three doesn't require that. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a bunch of teens fucking, you know, Mm -hmm. getting it together. And they're trapped in this place. It's it's cool. And Nancy is like a mentor and... Um, yeah, I really liked it. And actually, the one of the screenwriters is the dude who created the television version of, uh, or who created The Walking Dead. So, I mean, it's like, he was, he was, he was gonna be a thing. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's so 80s and yeah, so I, 
it's weird. It's like I I know as a film, Nightmare on Elm Street, the first one is better, but in some ways, like Dream Warriors is like it's like my Elm Street. It, it holds a place yeah. in in your heart. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Are there any spares that you have? Yeah, I, like, a, I, I mean, mean it a, was this was really difficult. It's really hard. It was really uh, hard. One I thought of that I actually do think is better, and I didn't want to get too into it because we've talked about it a lot. I think Evil Dead Two and Army of Darkness are oh. both better than the yeah. first Evil do Dead. You, now, do you think that the that that but has to that, do with budget? I think part of it is budget. I also think Raimi and Campbell figured everything out right. and they were like oh shit this is, this what, is what, what it doing. is this is what and I doing. think that's what happened yeah like this is how this is also how I feel about these are not horror movies but it's also how I feel about um like El Mariachi and Desperado mm-hmm. which El Mariachi don't get me wrong El Mariachi is one of like the greatest <clears throat> like independent movie I, I mean, mean it changed the game it changed everything and it is definitely low budget you can see you can totally see it but it's so well told so well shot mm-hmm. um, and then you get to Desperado and it's like fuck me man I'm Salma Hayek and Antonio yeah. Banderas and he had money and, and, and more money yeah and Rodriguez is like I know what I know what I'm doing I know yeah. what I'm doing I, this is the thing yeah um, yeah and that's I think how I feel about the Evil Dead movies <laughs> yeah um I really like <laughs> Blade Two. No, Blade Two is really great. Guillermo del Toro. Man. Yeah, it's Guillermo del Toro, and they weren't going to get him. They were going to get someone else, and then that person dropped out, and they were like, "I guess we'll use this Mexican guy." <laughs> I mean, but by that time he'd already done Chronos. He had done Chronos. Yeah. But- but a lot of people did not know know. about Kronos, A lot of people did not know. I mean, to this day, a lot of people don't know about Kronos. Side note, and we brought it up, y'all need to know about Kronos. Y'all need to know about Kronos. Go see Kronos. And you know what? Kronos is not actually um, super scare. Like, it's not. No, no. No, no. It's 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 actually a beautiful movie And I think this dude, this dude, I'm just going to call Del Toro this 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 fucking guy. I think Del Toro was... In some ways, like, way ahead of his time. I mean, obviously, he's a genius. Always. But the fact that he's like, fuck it. You know what? My movie's in English and Spanish. Don't worry about it. Right. Everybody's going to be fine. We're going to get the right subtitles. Right. Don't fucking worry about right. it. Right. And now people are doing that. Yeah. Because he's like, you know what? Some people speak both. Yeah. <laughs> Great. That's how it is. And and that was like 20 years ago. Right. Um, so, yeah, but I love Blade. I love what he does with the Blade movies. Yeah, I, I do think Blade 2. Man, I should have included that one. I do think Blade 2 is better than... than Blade. And I love the first one. Yeah, me too. I love the first one. Uh, um, but it is, it's hard. And I think... I don't know. I mean, I was trying to think of like what actually makes... Even if you don't... Even in a sequel that's not better than the first or whatever... But, like, what even makes a good sequel? Because you have so much of the time and you know they're making it because of money. I think it's, I mean, I think the problem that happens with a lot of sequels, and I've said it before, is that people just tend to kind of, like, it's like a sausage factory. And people tend to go, like, let's take all the best scares that happened in the first one and just, like, amp them up and put them in the second Second one. one. But they don't care about storytelling. Right. It's It's just, like, this one goes here, this one goes here, this one goes here. And but they don't really give us a chance to invest in characters or story, right? Or the, the story's just not that good. It's just good. not that good, yeah. And I think that sequels that are successful are because of people like Man- Mike Flanagan, right? Mm-hmm. Who who cares about story, right? Who seems to me cares about story as much as, if not more, than horror movie tropes, right? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He knows them so well, and. 
it's like he doesn't have to really think about it. He can concern himself with telling the story. Yeah, and so that's, and I mean, yeah, I think, I know we bring it up a lot, and that's what it always comes back. It's just another genre in which to tell a story, right? right? It's the same thing that people get, I believe, that a lot of people get wrong with Stephen King movies, uh-huh. right? That a lot of, like, the, a lot of Stephen King movies, when they Hollywoodize them, they, 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 they mistake the the monster for the story. And Stephen King, if you've read Stephen King, then you know that Stephen King, the monster and the horror is a vehicle for character development. Yeah. And, and the, these stories are actually about people going through a thing and the horror is a metaphor. Yeah. And I think, absolutely, I think that's, I, that's why I really loved it. The, the, Oh new, yeah, the new hit. I can't wait. I cannot wait for oh the my sequel. God. But I had someone. One of my friends was complaining. He was like, "Well, I mean, it was kind of like Stand by Me." I was like, "No shit." Yeah. It's just a different. Like he's always writing a coming he's of age story. He's always writing with, Stand by if Me. He's writing with about kids. Yeah. Um, and I was like, to me, those kids in that movie, that was beautiful. And then Pennywise was scary. So yeah. I don't know what everybody fucking complained about. So we have to do this like truncated version. Yeah. So we, we did it. Have, we did it. We did do it. I. I'm excited because we're about to start shooting this movie, but also um, I guess we have to watch Pet Cemetery. Yeah, because it's said streaming we were, and it's streaming now. Except that right now you still have to buy it. I'm not buying it. I just it. don't know. I don't no. want to pay 14 bucks. Come on, man. I want to do it for a remake of for Pet a remake Cemetery. Of Pet Cemetery. Nah. <laughs> um, I have a feeling though that we're gonna like it better than most people did, um, and also Midsummer. We have to go see Midsummer. We have Midsommar. to go see Midsummer. It is a, Jordan Peele has said that Midsummer is like a new iconic classic. Uh-huh. And as we all know, Michael, Jordan Peele is the new king of horror. Yeah, anything he says is anything gold. Anything he says is gold. Um, maybe I'm, he should have figured out the end of us. Maybe he should have figured that <laughs> fucker out, Jordan um, Peele. You're not perfect. Who do you think you are? I love you, Jordan Peele. I love you, Jordan. Peele. And I'm, I am very much. And this is hard for me. I'm very much trying to keep an open mind about Midsummer, Midsummer. Having just been to a place where the sun didn't set, I'm also interested to see how he deals with uh, that. Yeah. Um, but I, am, look, I mean, the previews look yeah, beautiful. I am trying, like, hey, just because I hate Hereditary with every fiber of my being. Doesn't mean I'm going to hate this. Right. I think we should stay away from pre-interviews. I agree. I think we should stay away from reading anything about it. Yeah. So don't send us anything about Midsommar. And do not send us an interview of that director yeah. just being... But also pre- know that we are both super fans of The Wicker Man. Yeah, so, man. So it's going to take You better bring something. You better bring something new uh, to this. Um, I think... Oh, my God. Like, we did a whole episode in, like, 40 minutes. I'm impressed with us. I'm impressed. And we ate breakfast. And we ate while we were doing it. Uh, So, yeah, I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. Um, Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, we'll We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But there's a bunch of good stuff on Netflix right now. We'll choose something. Oh, yeah. you know what? We've never talked about Black Coat's Daughter. We should do that. I love Black Coat's Daughter. And then I also Daughter. want to talk about Los Spookies. Oh! <gasps> Los Espookies. Yes. <laughs> I'm so excited. You guys, everybody go watch Los Espookies on HBO. This is Fred Armisen, yeah. who has written an episodic show about a group of kids in Mexico who are event coordinators, but everything is spooky. <laughs> and it's called Los Espookies, and it's so good, and it's in Spanish and English. I am loving it. Yeah, I love it I so much. I watched one episode. It's great. Great. All right. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye.